Hi, everybody. I'm Dale Sparagi, love and relationship coach and host of this podcast, New Wave Relationships, about all things relationships, relationship to self, others more than other, couples, singles, breakups, and dating. What's new in relationships and how relationships are changing and evolving especially post-COVID, post-digital, post-MeToo, and sadly to say, post-no-row versus Wade. On this episode of the New Wave Relationships Podcast, Episode 5, A COVID Conversation on Boundaries, we will be discussing boundaries in COVID-19. How did your relationships change from the pandemic? How have our relationships changed from pre- and post-COVID? How has COVID changed the way we relate to the world around us today? To kick us off, we will be starting with a question from one of our viewers relating to this episode's topic. So, here we are. Episode, is this five? Wow. Episode five, a COVID conversation. So, Mm -hmm. It's so good to see you. It's been, you know, it's been a little while. How are yeah, you? <laughs> How's life? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's, you know, Dale and I talk like throughout the week on and on, but when we actually get to sit down, it's nice because then we get to do the good work and the good stuff and get to talk. So it's good to see you too. Um, yeah, I am okay. My body's a little sore. Um, just from my shibari class and like my muscles are tired and just a little tired but also like doing really well and um, yeah I got my kombucha it's like really nice out today Um, and yeah it's it's a beautiful day and it's weird because it was so cold yesterday wasn't it yeah it was cold and it's been dreary and very gray in Montero so I'm, I'm just so happy to see the sun too really happy mm-hmm. yeah because we live in the same town we do <laughs> which is funny yeah. um yeah and then also you know like um my relationships in my life have been like real smooth and like really good too so mm-hmm. like that's been nice and that's not always the case and I'm not saying it's bad either mm-hmm. um or it's like all perfect but like lately I've been feeling like really like pretty clear and mm-hmm. like able to kind of maneuver with one of my partners in a good way and like that's felt really nice so that's good and our last episode episode four with doing the coaching stuff with Catherine Woodred Thomas um was super helpful I think for that part of me right now yeah yeah um that's interesting that you're bringing that up because I had some stuff over the weekend and um kind of had a trigger and I've been working with um, this younger part of me that's come up from the trigger so that it's been interesting, you know, a little tender, a little tender around the heart and um, realizing that there's this younger part. And then there's like this older, a little older part, like this teenager part. That's kind of this tough, like, I'm going to protect this tender little six-year-old. So these two parts have been very up for me 
um, since the weekend. So mm -hmm. and it's been, it's been uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I hear that too. Um, with, you know, one of my partners, it's been like, you know, just sometimes I'll get anxieties and my first impulse of my anxious attachmentness is overshare. And, you know, I've done a lot of work with my therapist to really like practice not oversharing, not because like, you know, like that that's a problem, but because of, you know, not that it, it itself is a problem. It's where it comes from for me. Mm -hmm. Oversharing is like creating security for myself that like, if I tell them everything, then like, it's going to be fine and they're not going to leave me. But like, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting because part of the, 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 the little six-year-old is I realized how I had to fight for attention when I was little, like really fight hard and most often did not get it. So then kind of went into this little like shell sort of. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's interesting because the, that, that teenager was that, that protection, you know, like when I was alone and not getting attention, that older part of me kind of stepped in mm -hmm. this, over these last couple of days. So I could see these two parts really. Um, and and was the was the older one you feeling you said it was kind of more on the aggressive side was what was the and I'm just curious if you're willing to share yeah. um was it kind of bringing out something or was it like what was the action that the older one was taking was it to bring forward the younger one or was it to fight for well the the trigger was there was a little there's a little disappointment um I sure. won't go into the details around that but you know, of course, disappointment always brings up our, you know, my, it does for me anyways, but mm -hmm. so the, so the younger part was, was hurt, but the older teenager was like, I don't care. You know, I, I do not care. I'm just going to do what I want. And, I, <laughs> and <laughs> I don't need anybody. And, you know, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I know that one too. I think, I, I, that, that one's a good one. That one's funny. Um, I think we all do that a little bit, you know, the collective we, because as a polyamorous person, and this hasn't happened in a while, but, you know, sometimes if there's like a jealous moment and it comes up instead of like remembering to take breath and like think about that feeling and what that's about, sometimes you'd be like, oh, no, I don't care about that partner. Like, I'm fine. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm not. Jealous at all, like, and then you're like, oh wait, that's we be, that's what jealous sounds like. Oh, okay. Right. Like, I don't need you anyways. You know, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so that, like, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the, you know, kind of like angry teenager. Yeah, I feel that it's that uh, Aries moon. I guess my bad. I won't bring it up because <laughs> the Aries moon. Oh gosh. Yeah, tell me about the Aries moon. I maybe that's where my my whole thing came from. I don't know. I'm, well, I'm just I'm not an astrology pro. I'll tell you that. But like, you know, Aries is just like a strong, fiery goat. Strong fire goat. You know that will 
make you feel a little hot headed as it were, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and kind of stubborn, I think too, is kind of goes hand in hand with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that, and that's at least just what I heard from it. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, maybe okay. there's some of that in the air, you know, Could be. okay. Well, let's hope that calms down by this weekend. Cause yeah. <laughs> I need to chill. <laughs> this this teenager is giving me a run for my money. So I just need to I need to be really chill. So let's hope that Aries moon is like calm, you know. <laughs> well, the full it is going away. Yeah, the full moon it was a while ago. So we're good. Yeah. Good. Anyway, um, yeah. So thanks for I'm glad we checked in. That was good. Um, but we actually want to start this um COVID conversation um episode also about boundaries mm-hmm. um you know with a question we had from one of our viewers um and sophia asked about um how did covid-19 affect the pace of relationships did it make them slower faster did they say the same um so i don't know dale if you noticed anything in your work that you can discuss or bring up about like the pace of them Wow. Yeah, it's a great question. And it's interesting, because I could see, you know, in my clients that were dating, I could kind of see like two um, different directions. One was like, okay, well, there's the end of my dating life, you know, I'm done, that it's over. And then there was another, which which got creative, which was like, okay, I'm online now. And um, Last week, I, I, we had wine and we made dinner together on Zoom. And I mean, so there were like, it, it was kind of interesting. And, and one thing that was across the board was t- people, the serious people that are really looking for partners and relationships sort of rose to the, to the top, right? I mean, if you, were, if you wanted to just hook up, that, forget it. That wasn't happening during COVID because people weren't leaving their houses. So, and it was the risk, the risk involved with like seeing a rando. So if you were in that category where you were really looking for like, you know, some serious partnership, not just hooking up or not, you know, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that those people were really, were kind of thriving during COVID. And um, yeah, I mean, people were meeting people. And um, that's when I met my partner at the end, at the, at the end of it, you know, we were lockdown was over. Um, You know, so I think COVID now we're talking about like these different sections of COVID, you know, the, the, the part that is really rises for me was the lockdown part because, you know, living alone in Montero, I was just, I mean, desperately lonely. I mean, oh my god, yeah, really, really tough. There was some yeah. tough times. So, um, yeah, but so that so the so the pace really varied. I think I would love to yeah. like in your experience. Um, what did you yeah. notice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also relate to. Montero is a very small town to anyone who doesn't know it. So. You know, and we do, you know, for all the small towns in the world, like it's not the smallest, but it's definitely not a big one either. So when COVID happened out here, 
it was very unique. It felt, you know, very unique to me. Everyone had a unique situation with it. But, you know, I've always had like a double life as like being in the city and like being on a ranch. So suddenly that's like cut in half of like, you are on the ranch. Like you're not going back to school, um, you know, like um, during, cause I was, it happened to me during college, half of my, about all of my, actually my psychology program itself from SF state was on online, which was very difficult um, for me in a way, because not because I didn't understand the reasons and the precautions we did have to take, right. um, in my opinion, but because of just like how much I love to learn and like how, you know, online classes are just like draining and depressing and hard on your body. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't tell you how I noticed, like, I felt like my eyesight was worse, like things like that. And like really trying to, after a while, I like had to invest in like a really good uh, monitor that was risen and like, um, you know, like red light and like blue light glasses and all kinds of stuff like that, just because it was like really hard on my body. But that's not the pace. Um, That was just more me sharing about it. But I really felt like for me, it, I guess it's hard. It, it, I think it, it's a little hard for me to think about pace um, in relation to myself because I am, when I think of COVID for myself and dating as a polyamorous person, it was almost like time kind of stopped for me in general when COVID happened also. Like I was really having to make sure as a polyamorous person, an monogamous person that like every person I saw was like vaccinated mm-hmm. um, and was like taking precautions that agreed with the precautions of another person. So to me, it wasn't as much about pace. I was more focused on the, the multiple pieces, but I, it really depends, I think on like each person. I do think if there was a pace, I would be a lot quicker to figure it would I would be a lot faster in figuring out like if someone was a yes or a no for me right because that would felt a lot more important because life felt a lot more um precious all of a sudden that's a great point and and that brings to mind you know I could feel that with myself dating during COVID that yeah there was like this is there's no time to waste to you know kind of like play around well oh know maybe you know let's see let's have another date it's like I was very clear with myself this guy's a yes this guy's a no you know and 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 that was helpful in some ways it it gave me clarity and I think the other thing around pace what really what speaks loudly to me right now is depth it felt like the depth of where people were going was just in exponentially increased and it's still, at least for myself, feels that way. About I agree. I like, agree. I, um, and I've told this to you before, um, you know, I was born in 99. So I don't, do not remember 9-11. And this felt, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, like, 
this reminded me a lot of 9-11 or reminded me a lot of like this war or reminded me a lot of like these collective world traumas. Yeah. Um, and this one in particular was kind of my first like world trauma. And, um, you know, we can go more into that whenever, but like just experiencing that was such a lift under my um, feet as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that, I suddenly felt like the the world was right a lot more precious. And so, yeah, I, the, the depth definitely increased in my relationships to where still today, like I'm very like much more present. Um, at least I try to be and almost it's shifted from like, I used to go to school all the time and just be like, okay, like in like five years, I'll do this. 10 years, I'll do that. Even though I knew climate change is real and I still know that, but it, it's a lot realer than it's ever been. Yeah. Time, so, time became very precious. It really did. And um, yeah, the sense of doing it now and your what you said about you know life being so precious really yeah mm-hmm. definitely and 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 this and this depth that um you kind of got you know you picked your few people and then you went deep with them because they they were your people and there wasn't all the distractions you know like i used to go to the gym and you know shopping and it was so easy to just sort of check out and not not really, you know, deal with m- what might have been coming up for me to deal with. Like just, oh, you know, just kind of ignore that. Like that's just a feeling, no big deal. But I couldn't do that anymore. You know, when it, when I was alone for so for so many, you know, months and date weeks and days, I had to look at my stuff that was coming up. I didn't have the distractions of running around and being busy anymore. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, there's something to be said for that. You know, I mean, that, that can be very good to go into all of that stuff. And then, you know, it's healthy to, to have other people to think about, you know, to kind of be over there with them and in, in their empathizing with them and not so much focusing on yourself so so that's a mixed bag yeah I I relate to that as an extrovert person where you know definitely the shutdown was really hard as an extrovert um but also as an extroverted person you know I'm out a lot so I don't see my family so a plus was I got um you know kind of in better closeness with my family and that was like really cool for me and um it became more cohesive for sure um Mm -hmm. just because because just just because because (laughs) well because we were around each other a lot more so that was like a simple a simple good part um and there were also moments in my introversion where I became more um you know self-knowledgeable and self-practicing and you know, um, just like self-caring and curious and just playful. Um, and that was good, you know? Um, but yeah, that was like really simple. It was, it was simple for me in that way, but to the question of the pace too, Mm -hmm. the idea that it can be slower or faster kind of 
I think brings up this like duality that can happen where where some people in crisis can like you know really speed things forward and like move one way and like do a certain thing where other people can just totally like stagnate and um move in a different way you know I think people react to it very differently totally and, some, and I think some people are still traumatized and affected by everything that happened during COVID very differently some people are still like really really nervous systemed out and mm-hmm. we all are to different degrees and then some people are just like you know the world's ending but it shoes them to the other direction where you know they're maskless and they you know they just don't care at all so you know um to whatever extent that is so I think it's interesting where people go you know in their their life pace not even just their relationships but just their anxiety well and what you're also speaking to is this kind of polarization that you know is on so many levels and layers right now you know in our country you know with the parties being polarized and you know, I notice with couples, like in the um, conscious uncoupling, some couples were just, you know, bonding and getting closer. And it was beautiful. Yeah. But my practice, my conscious uncoupling practice was busy. There were a lot of couples that were, were you know, like the individual stuff that we had to look at. Couples had to look at their stuff. And a lot of couples were finally seeing that they couldn't run anymore either. They couldn't use their work or their gym practice, you know, whatever to to get away from what was really um, the issues in their relationship. And, um, you know, unfortunately, many couples didn't make it through this, you know, unfortunately or fortunately. You know, it, I think it brought things to a head in a lot of ways. It, it, it had us look at things that we were that we were easily distracted from and could dismiss and we could not do that anymore it wasn't possible it was definitely a collective threshold in multiple areas it was a body threshold like can our bodies handle this can our minds handle this can our anxiety how about your nervous system how about of course the new relationships for sure because also you had people who like you know, we were all right, like just assaulted with information a lot. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, the whole it, it was just like, you know, it was a panic. It, there was so much panic and stress and confusion about, you know, what was what with, you know, like, just like the vaccine scare, like, you know, it, it became yeah. such a mess that I think that was also very like traumatic um, for any single person so I could imagine for any couple Mm -hmm. like trying to you know just know like at least for me like what's true and what's not and I feel confident in that now but at the time it was still it was still like oh my gosh like are we gonna take this are we taking a vaccine okay we're taking it cool we're gonna do it okay it's cool it feels cool to me cool um you know and that that was definitely like just a crazy experience for me um so and yeah i i mean well the other thing with the couples you know people who were in kind of small quarters and now they were you know they were not going to work they were working both working at home um so this is you know where the boundaries things come comes up you know many people 
um, don't understand how to do that, you know, how to create that, that boundary. And, 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 and with COVID, it became not only a physical, I mean, yes, of course, in a small apartment, you know, it's physical, but more than that, bigger is the emotional, the psychic boundaries, you know, those are, are, um, they, they, they all need to be, un, you know, create understood and created. So I think people had a hard time with that. Like you're kind of bringing up like, um, being in relation with people around you with kind of consented boundaries or no, or unconsented boundaries or no clue about boundaries. What are boundaries? Right. We don't know what boundaries are because we've been living our lives sort of separately on our own schedules kind of passing in the night, which is a boundary, but it's not a conscious boundary. Or, you know, yeah, maybe you do know about boundaries and, you know, you're very clear and you're creating them together, which is a highly sophisticated relational skill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hear that one. I like doing those. Those Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so like, so just let's start by just, you know, defining what a boundary is, because we hear it's the words thrown around a lot, but what does it actually mean? It means, you know, what is okay, and what is not okay. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then, you know, that's step one, the second step is connect being connected enough to know what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, like really being um, in your with yourself deeply to understand what really is okay with me and what isn't okay. Yeah, I think um, that's like it's it's amazing how like boundary comes off. I think as like, and maybe it's because of my own disposition of my archetype of person. But I think that boundary can come up as such like an aggressive thing that like we don't deserve to have boundaries. And maybe that's like having a female body, you know, Mm -hmm. right? Like I don't deserve to have boundaries. That makes me seem aggressive. Like it's a problem to have them, you know, that comes up in my mind. And I know that that's not true. But when you bring it up in a way that's like, no, it's saying like, what's okay for you and what's not that really reminds me of like, what you consent to and what you don't consent to. Absolutely. And I also think that during COVID, you know, maybe some of us were just floating along and everything was okay pre COVID. And then during, suddenly, we kind of had to have them, you know, at least if you're like, you know, not to say who is or who isn't, but like, if you're like conscious, uh, if you're conscious of like what's happening in our society, if you do or do not have boundaries, that will inevitably affect like yourself, your family, your loved ones, and like people around you in ways like that you cannot control unless you control yourself and what you do with your time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they are a must. I mean, we can't exist without them. And, you know, they're, and, and they're there, whether we want like them, you know, whether we create them or not. So they're either unconsciously there, or we're actually creating them. But, 
you know, when I, the other thing that makes me that that kind of comes to mind when I think of boundaries is like the Me Too movement. You know, I mean, that's a lot about, you know, compliance. It's a lot about, you know, not having the voice to speak the boundary or not having, not even feeling entitled, like healthy entitlement to create a boundary. Like this is my body. It's Mm -hmm. mine, not anybody else's. But for some reason, our culture, you know, has this, like, you know, there's, there's this thing with entitlement. And, you know, that's not really our conversation today. So I don't want to get, I don't want to get off on that track. But we because we could because we could guys. So we're not going to go. We're not going to. But our skin, our bodies, that's, you know, like the most obvious boundary. Right. Mm-hmm. How close can you come to me? How yeah. how is it okay for you to be, you know, like right in my face? You know, it Yeah. There's also yeah, and that's making me think of like the the boundary of our minds too, you know, like how people treat us, you know, how people talk to us, how mm-hmm. people um, you know, act in our spaces, you know, yeah. whether that's passive aggression or manipulation, like that's another level too right like there's so many levels of boundaries are multi-layered and they are i hear that and i think our collectively our boundaries were really really tested um which was also a good thing i think you know i think it may have pushed some people who like really you know could have been maybe self-protective a bit you know um and like i think for some people who are shy maybe it could make them totally isolate. But I think for some friends of mine, I saw them actually like have stronger boundaries, you know, like very like I'm doing this thing and like, this is what I want to do because, you know, they're like, if like, this is kind of like my only chance just by the preciousness of life that's happened, you know? Yes. So it's, it's definitely different for everyone. Um, it, it totally is different. And, you know, I even think of like hugging, you know, hugging with yeah. something that- people didn't really think much about um but that but there but you know that that's there's boundaries around hugging there could be i mean you know you not everyone wants to be hugged all the time but some people this don't is, know that well this is also like a generational difference i think i think this is the ding 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 this is a big difference yeah, in like and also like right <laughs> um so also like where we live like this these ideas of like consent and boundaries I also think is like this depends like where you live too Mm -hmm. we're in California like a lot of this is like a lot more known here um I think that like a lot of consent stuff it does come from the kink community the BDSM community um because it's very important in that community so that is more in like liberal communities or neoliberal or democratic, whatever. Right. So we're more familiar in our area with like those type of practices. If I'm at any party, like generally if someone like, you know, I'll introduce myself to like, hi, I'm Sunny. I'm going to put my hand out. They'd be like, Oh, I'm a hugger. Do you hug? Can I hug? Right. And I'll be like, yeah. And then I'll give them a hug. Um, Or I will ask to hug. And um, that is totally like, 
totally a thing that happens with my group that like if someone like came up and like grab hugged you like that would be seen as like oh like that's weird I've I've heard stories from people in like groups of people I'm with where it's like they've seen people like give someone a massage or like you know like um Touch just that. like be handsy in like some way that is like seen as kind of okay mm-hmm. but it's like not like everyone sees sexual assault and sexual harassment as like a grove right in our culture or more than that but actually like those boundaries are a lot stronger I think than they used to be and a lot more socially we're a lot more socially aware of these things and like if you know somebody who's like doing that unconsensual behavior too that will get out in like your groups of people and people will be like literally like to some extent like don't hang with that person wow so it was and then you yeah it was like that before covid you're saying this has nothing to really do with covid this is your your generation is just more aware of this physical boundary of the body and more um honoring of that oh yeah i i think like definitely before covid but covid definitely amped it up and i will take into account that like i am in like queer like um you know sf city like people where like most of these people that i'm with like and we all testing up and one of my it's hard to say them sometimes yeah and 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 you know and they're not walls so boundaries aren't you know they're fluid they're movable they're malleable they're changeable And they don't always, you know, it doesn't always have to be, well, you know, I have a boundary around this. Sometimes it's, it's as simple as, um, you know, it's late and I'm tired. Can we talk tomorrow? That's a boundary. You know, someone, you know, if a friend reaches out and it's like, you know, and they want to talk, you know, are you free? Um, I'd love to, but it's late. And can we do it tomorrow? It's simple, but that, but that is a boundary right there. Can I bring up an interesting question about this? There was a discussion amongst some there, but it's yeah, it's it's conflict, right? And in times of conflict, definitely that this well, then you know how do you work with that? And they have to say work together or live together somehow. Then then um, so 